0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. Today, we've got an insane story of crushing the boss's car. But first, a story from Eb number 348, abuse me and you lose your company. So I, female, 20, met this lazy excuse of a man, male, 45, on a dating site, and all went well until five months into our relationship. He decided to physically assault me and the police got involved. He was arrested with four charges and a restraining order. All I can say is that he's the walking definition of a narcissist. Completely controlling and jealous of any other living being. He owns a restaurant but nothing's in his name due to his previous bankruptcies. His cars, house, and restaurant are all on another name. He doesn't pay his plates or insurance. I learned that the hard way when I was pulled over driving his vehicle and issued two tickets. The government seized all his accounts once for tax evasion. He basically doesn't pay the rent for the building nor electrical bills or Wi-Fi, until they remove their services and he pays the minimum to get the services back up and running. He uses a heat gun to transfer retail stickers from one alcohol bottle to another. We're talking a few dollars of taxes for a darn sticker. And if it couldn't get worse, did I forget to mention that he sells substances in the back of his restaurant? I learned all of this after our breakup. After the separation, he kept texting me drunk now and then, and he'd end up in the cell for a few hours for a break of conditions and had to pay for release. Well, one day he pushed it and sent an inappropriate photo of me to my roommate after I told him to leave me alone. Next thing he knows, he's being arrested in front of all of his clients at his restaurant. Some of the regulars know me, and I got a text from them asking if I called the cops. He made the excuse that it's the drug police, but all the regulars already knew exactly why. So he just looked like a clown. Plus charge for harassment, plus charge for distribution of inappropriate photos without consent. After that incident, I reported his restaurant to be inspected for cross-contamination. They did an inspection, but I'm not sure if they found anything. I then called the police for illegal alcohol sales and drug dealing. The police officer told me he had a bad history of running his business during a full-blown COVID lockdown. All I can say is he's royally screwed and he's losing his alcohol license within a few weeks time. Bye-bye company, bye-bye nice cars, and bye-bye young chicks. I hope he learns not to screw with me. I was nothing but an angel, left college and my job to run his business, and he threw me away like trash to screw his best friend's wife, oh, which I totally exposed. After all the horrendous things this guy did, does he deserve to have anything left? For people who are going to go around and do all of these long lists of things to people without any resent or remorse, what level of livelihood do they really deserve after all that comes crashing down? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Vicious the Cid. I made my homophobic in-laws look at a pride flag all day. I'm at a popular theme park right now with my in-laws and there's a relatively small amount of rainbow and pride items around. Some t-shirts, pins, a couple signs in stores, etc. Nothing huge and definitely no pictures of real people actually being gay. No women kissing, men holding hands, etc. My in-laws though are the kind of people who say they don't have a problem with people being gay, they just don't know why they have to be so in your face about it and their definition of in-your-face is referencing it in any capacity. So there was a really beautiful rainbow flower arrangement at our hotel, and I pointed it out because of how pretty it was. My husband basically ushered me away as fast as possible to head off a rude comment from his mom. So today I bought a pride pin and stuck it on my backpack. I usually walk in front, so she had to look at it all day. And then I bought the big bright pride tumbler for my soda. I don't even drink soda, and I'm not even gay. But $25 was worth it. These relatives are definitely homophobic, and you don't really want to downplay homophobia, but at least it's the situation where, like, they say first that they accept it with a conditional thing. They're clearly homophobic and uncomfortable with the idea of it, but at least they're not trying to erase it or, I guess, put people down for it. It sucks, but it could be worse. I'd say continue collecting pride stuff around them and exposing them to it because eventually, maybe they'll just learn to shut up about it. Our next story is from Millie Barnes. My great-grandmother had enough. This goes back a couple of generations, but I just had to share it. Seems like it goes here, but might be malicious. My family had a tobacco farm for several generations in Central Florida, and a good many of my male ancestors had issues with alcohol. My great-grandparents have been married for a while, and my great-grandmother was sick and tired of him coming home at night drunk. This particular night, they got in a fight and he hit her. I understand my great-grandmother was not one to put up with that sort of thing. So after my great-grandfather passed out in the bed and was snoring, she sat down beside the bed and very carefully sewed the top and bottom sheet together. After she finished, she knew he wasn't going anywhere quickly. So then, she took a piece of wood and beat the crap out of him. It's my understanding he never hit her again. Would you guys agree with me that this guy had it coming for what they did? And would you guys say considering the outcome of him never laying a hand on the wife ever again, is the situation all's fair now? I'd like to know your guys' takes down in the comments. This next story is from Dr. 3224. Neighbor cut down my bush and is letting his dog use my yard as a bathroom. This started a few weeks ago. I have a rather large yard, just over an acre, in an old rural town, with 11 neighbors along the perimeter. I've been very lucky in that everyone is pretty nice and helpful, and most importantly keeps to themselves. I also have a very observant and territorial, but not aggressive, German Shepherd. He has some rather anxious tendencies and has been trained to go to the bathroom in one particular spot in the yard. He knows which neighbors he's allowed to see, and it's only when they step in the yard to visit him. Another detail, he never leaves the yard, and is almost exclusively off-leash when I'm home. I have one neighbor in the far corner of my yard who's a younger guy, we'll call Tom. Tom adopted what looks like a mixed-breed dog after his elderly dog passed about six months ago. Tom has always seemed nice enough, and we've only ever had pleasant but short conversations. About a month ago, I started finding piles of dog waste in the corner near Tom's house. My dog is trained to use the opposite corner of our property, on the far side of the house, so I immediately suspected that Tom was letting his dog wander over. Over the next few weeks, I slowly asked the neighbors if they'd seen anyone letting their dog go in my yard, and several had said they saw Tom's dog loose in that part of the property. So, I decided to be not confrontational about it since it's a real pet peeve, and I let the embankment between our houses grow up so there would be a physical barrier hopefully preventing the dog from coming over. I've been using the grass cuttings to fill a compost bin, so the dog waste was becoming a real problem, contaminating the parts of the yard I was trying to use. The strip of grass grew to be about 2-3 to three feet high, and it seemed to be working. Then one day, I came home and found that someone had run a mower along the flat part of the embankment on my property. The worst part, I'd planted several small bushes the fall prior to establish a boundary, and the mystery landscaper had cleaved one of them in half the physical boundary was now about half the width that it was before and i immediately started finding dog crap in my yard again tom likes to work on cars tom also thinks he can keep his dog off leash i was absolutely freaking furious at this point and realized that i was in no state to go talk to him i knew i would just blow up so i noticed that his dog got super agitated when i let out my dog to play So one evening, I cranked a tennis ball into that corner of the yard while Tom was under the hood of his car. His dog immediately charged at my pup from across the alley, and Tom had to make a wild dive to catch him from coming over. My dog, on the other hand, couldn't have given a crap. He retrieved the ball and came right back as he always does. So about every third toss I would go in that direction, and Tom would have to stop what he was doing and calm his dog. This went on for about 20 minutes, until he was visibly agitated and took the dog inside. The next day, I noticed Tom was outside working, dog on the ground beside him. I bolted outside with my pup and his favorite frisbee, and giggled as Tom once again had to dive out from under the hood of his car to stop his dog, then spend the next half hour trying to calm him down. I've repeated this every day for the last week, with the same results every time. My wife's expressed some concerns about me not handling this like an adult, but I feel like I'm finally calming to the point of going and vaguely addressing the problem with him in a non-confrontational way. But before I do that, right now as I finish typing this, I'm going out for an evening game of catch with my doggo while my neighbor just so happens to be detailing his car. I found a fresh pile of crap while cutting grass this afternoon, and I want to get one more freak you in before I go talk to him. If OP visibly saw that this dog was the one clearly dropping these deuces on their property, do you think OP would have every right to go out there with a shovel and just fling it onto the neighbor's property? Would that cross any boundaries besides the physical property boundaries? And by the way, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every single video has awesome stories, like our next story from disgruntled Ewok, Grandma Strikes Back. My mother-in-law recently performed such a beautiful but small petty revenge, I had to share it here. My sister-in-law had a surprise baby a year and a half ago. Both parents work and the kids in daycare during the school year. However, it's summer break and the kids' daycare is closed. Do they go and find a summer daycare? Nope. They just randomly drop off the kid at grandma's without asking or even announcing it first. The other day, grandma had a couple of errands to run. As she was about to leave, sister-in-law arrives with the kid. Now my mother-in-law is the sweetest, gentlest woman in the universe. So she takes the kid without complaining, cue the petty revenge. She prepares lunch for the kid, and then lets the kid take a nap. So the kid sleeps, and sleeps, and sleeps. Instead of the usual half-hour nap, the kid ends up sleeping over three hours, the result Tired parents had to deal with a kid who refused to go to sleep until 1 a.m. Delicious. Frankly, I think that's totally fair for the grandma. If you're gonna drop the kid off on somebody out of the blue for them to watch all day, it's only fair that that person who had the kid dumped on them gets to watch them during the relatively peaceful hours, and you, when you're off work and you have all the time at night, you can deal with those little bit more rambunctious hours. This next story is from topsell5587, steal my work, I'll steal your grades. Back when I was attending a community college, I had a group project that was supposed to have us learn each other's lives while doing separate duties. What I mean by this project is that the teacher called it an extra credit project, and it was mandatory. We had to choose a tourist attraction site, volunteer for their work, type what you learned with pictures you took on your own description of what it is and we had to share a group member's life story about a page no less and present to the class but it was individually graded In my group that was assigned it consisted of meg josh and i the sites were already chosen and we discussed and agreed to do the sites that we chose i forgot what josh chose but meg chose to work at this hiking area due to it being walking distance to her house and i was left with the aquarium well we went our separate ways and did our volunteer work project was due the following friday due to my last name i did my hours of volunteer work and it was an easy task just feed clean glass sell pictures and i was able to do the pictures and finish by monday note we needed only 16 hours of volunteer came to school to interview meg and be interviewed by josh the following monday and show my progress because we had to share a few things we learned in their volunteer work After interviewing Meg, I opened my Gmail to open my document that I sent to myself for my project. She told me to stop. This is where it gets infuriating. Meg told me that I can't do the aquarium because she was planning on doing it and has spoken and asked questions with the professor already claiming it. I was dumbfounded. From her interview she sounded like a spoiled brat being spoiled by her parents and having a credit card by them with a brand new car. I told her no and we argued for a while and I gave in because due to our last names she would have to go before me to present and I would fail the project. I had to go out of the room to answer a call from my boss and came back into her smiling and saying she has to go. I was furious but didn't care afterward and did the volunteer work. I skipped three classes and called out from work for two days to do the volunteer work in just two days. Turns out her volunteer work, the hiking site, was in the hot sun digging up plants and planting new ones which we had to buy our own boots and gloves. I figured out then on why she didn't want to do this. I did the work and was in the library doing some last touches and sent in my schedule request to my boss through email and double checking it was sent when I saw it. I was in the sent category on my mail and it showed the document I made was sent to Meg. The time I stepped out to answer a call was when she went onto my computer and sent it to herself. I was more irritated now knowing that she'll for sure steal the work that I did. I was irritated and more furious than ever. The following day, I was walking through the library to find a spot to study and spotted Meg in one of those blocked off cubby computer desks. I found a seat behind hers and she didn't spot me. After a while she got up and, assuming she was heading to the bathroom, I bolted out of my chair and got onto hers. She left her gmail open and I deleted the document that she sent to herself from my gmail and saw that she had left her flash drive. In a hurry, I grabbed the flash drive and left. I opened the flash drive and for sure she had my document saved on here with a few changed words in the description. I also found a few other projects on the drive she was still working on. Did I mention it was Friday? Well, she came to class and explained that she'd lost her flash drive with her work on it, and the professor agreed to give her another week. After the presentations were done, we had a few minutes of free time, and the professor was on the phone and later called me to have a talk outside. Turns out he had to call the aquarium and asked if her student can come in for free to do her pictures, and he found out that her name was not on the volunteer list, but mine was. I told him the whole story, but not me taking her flash drive, but seeing that she sent herself my work. Long story short, she failed the project, and extra credit, and was lectured by the professor about lying. She also failed her culinary project because a friend of mine who I told the story to said she came in and told the chef, but the chef was not having it. Apparently Meg had a culinary project also on their flash drive. OP's story would be enough for that chef to definitely sink her. But i also think a lot of teachers if you tell them oh i lost my flash drive they won't accept that it's really nice that they're willing to give the kids extra time considering technically they did lose their flash drive but i do think it's fair to say a lot of teachers would be like tough crap take the zero enjoy our next story is from king nothing 53 co-worker constantly leaving messes for me to pick up all right so i work back of house for a pretty big brewery in my city And typically, when you finish a process, you clean up your pumps, hoses, etc. I got this one coworker who constantly will text me saying stuff like, Sorry, I got busy doing X, Y, and Z and couldn't clean up, so you're gonna be walking into a mess tomorrow. Over the year, I've worked here. I've grown pretty tired of this, and I've brought it up to my managers before, but nothing got done. Well, on Saturday, I got another one of those texts saying that Sunday, I'm going to be walking into a big mess. As I've said, I've grown tired of this, and Sunday was going to be a pretty light day for me. So I hit up my manager on Saturday night saying, Hey boss, it's going to be pretty light for me on Sunday. Is it cool if I take a personal day on Sunday and use sick time? My manager, being the cool guy he is, said, Yeah dude, totally, I'll cover you. Well, turns out that my manager's manager decided he wanted some time on the floor on Sunday. He described the mess as if someone who was 5 processes deep got a call that their pregnant wife went into labor and that this needed to be addressed ASAP because it was not okay. So hopefully something actually gets done now. The only thing I gotta say about this situation, the coworker probably just isn't hustling enough, isn't actually putting a lot of effort into their work, which is probably why it ends up so tragically by the time they clock out. But if this coworker actually was hustling or doing their best to clean up whatever they could, as much as they could, and the time reaches their normal clock out time, I think they have every right to just clock out and go home. I just personally hate the idea of having to work overtime at a place like this because... probably they don't hire enough people to properly take care of the back of the house. So it probably is laziness, but if it's just that big of a mess, I don't blame them for going home when it's time for them to go home. Our next story is from echo1771, I went from school teacher to chairman of the board of a big company for the sake of revenge. When I was a tiny kid, my father was my best friend. He worked multiple jobs to support my family, all while powering his way through law school. He even built a couple of small businesses from the ground up with a couple of his friends. All while doing this, he managed to be the best dad ever, spending as much time as he could with my mother, myself, and my baby siblings. One day, we found out that he had stage 4 stomach cancer, the kind that you don't recover from. My mother and I stayed by his side all the way till it was all over. The last memory I have of my father was when he was completely immobile, practically a vegetable at this point with tubes going in and out of his body, and me just praying that he'd still be able to remember who I was. All the guy could do was smile at me just to let me know he still recognized his son, even if the doctors told us most of his memories would be gone. Eventually, he fell into a coma for some days, before waking up to say goodbye to my mother, who was by his side when he passed. She was a housewife, so we really didn't have much to go on after his death. Enter my grandfather. He was one of those self-centered boomer types who makes everything about himself. After my father died, he would used the newspaper obituary to boast about his dead son's grades and achievements, which I realized seemed to be the only thing my dad was to him. Just in case you're wondering, yes, we are Asian. My mother was grieving and trying to find a way to make ends meet, and my grandfather graciously offered to help her control my father's two businesses to help support us. My mother agreed because she didn't have any experience. While we grew up, the two businesses didn't provide much for us, likely because my father was one of the big reasons they were thriving. My mom was in and out of multiple jobs just to keep us floating. My grandfather offered to help put me and my siblings through school. I managed to score some scholarships with some good schools growing up, so thankfully he didn't have to do as much for me, but we were really glad that he helped out with my siblings. After I made it out of school, I found out that my family was broke and my two siblings were still making their way through medical school. My sister even offered to stop and just get a job, but I told her to keep going because she was doing so well and that she deserved to graduate. My grandparents had to cut us off because they didn't approve of the directions my siblings took in life, especially my sister who was, for them, too female to have a career in medicine. My grandmother's a bit of a misogynist. Why are you wasting your time and money becoming a doctor? You're just going to have children and quit. I was working as a high school teacher when I was contacted by one of my dad's old business partners for one of his companies. After I asked him how the company was doing, he told me that my grandfather, who was still in control of my father's shares, was siphoning money from the company for himself, and he was earning way more than he was giving me and my siblings for our education." So all our lives he'd been making us feel indebted to him for money that was supposed to be ours to begin with, and he lied to us by telling us that dad's companies weren't making any money for us at all. We also realized that when he cut us off, he was cutting us off from our own money, forcing my siblings to drop out and give up careers that they'd been working their whole lives for. What's worse is this was our father's money. And we know that he'd wanted it to help us provide for our futures even after he died and here comes this jerk father basically crapping on his legacy for his own enrichment i even found out that he used his position to take possession of the company's office space and force them to set up shop in a smaller cheaper office while renting the original space out under his own name to the company's competitors to make money from them too all while I had to work multiple jobs to help my mother and siblings pay the bills. Cue revenge. My grandfather's biggest weakness has always been his pride. In fact, I suspect that he wanted us to think he was helping support us out of his own pocket because he wanted everyone to think he was some kind of hero, when in reality he was financially choking us. I recognized that no matter what my grandfather said, my siblings, my mother and I were legally the owners of my father's company shares. So after having a statement signed by the three of them, I approached all the board of directors, sans my grandfather, and let them know that I was now the sole representative of my late dad's estate. My grandfather also made himself chairman of the board. According to the company records, he did no work for the company at all. So the position was just a name that allowed him to receive money. So I convinced them that since he was only chairman as representative of my father's estate, that made me the chairman. I didn't intend to keep the position because I didn't have the experience for it. Then I contacted other members of my extended family about my grandfather's unethical practices with the company's office space. He was eventually pressured by them into evicting the company's main competitor from their office space serves them right for conniving with my grandfather to take the company's old office space. At the next board meeting, I prepared for the moment I'd been waiting my entire life for. When he entered the conference room to preside over the meeting as the chairman, he found his chair facing away from the table, with all the board members already seated at the table, and like a Bond villain, I spun the chair around to reveal to him that I'd been the one sitting there the entire meeting. I told them that the company and my family no longer needed him and that I'd be taking control over representation of my father's estate. Do you know that I'm the one who put him and his siblings through school? He said in shock. I only went, no, dad did. The look of sheer embarrassment on his face was perfect. I've never seen him look defeated my entire life until that moment. And this sort of satisfaction could not be achieved by simply ratting him out. I stepped down from the chairman position and took a job in the company's treasury department as a bookkeeper with a meager salary. But at least now, any profit sharing or dividends that the company released would go where my father wanted it to go. And finally, one of the first decisions I got to make as a board member before stepping down was to give my mother a permanent job that she deserved. My grandfather's now jobless. He spends all his time at home, and because he spent his life being selfish and self-centered, He has no friends. All he had going for him was being able to power trip over other people and boasting about his assets and achievements. Even my grandmother has had it with him, and the two don't even sleep in the same room anymore. I hope he lives the rest of his short life regretting that he didn't live his life with more compassion and humility. Well considering all the awful stuff this grandfather did, they probably got plenty of money to rest on for the rest of their lives. As much as I agree with OP that I hope they realize and regret that they didn't live with more compassion and humility, the reality is they're probably way too many layers of entitlement thick to ever finally see through it all and realize that they've just been an awful person and they should feel bad for what they did. How does your own son pass away and you just take everything they had for yourself it's not like this guy even had anywhere else to go with this money right? Why wouldn't they be passing any of that money on to the kids who first of all should have been getting that money and second of all could have used it unlike the grandfather who probably had it piling up? And our final story of the days by Dreadwater, co-worker got CEO car impounded. Sadly I can't take the credit in this ordeal but I did witness it. Last week a coworker was out on vacation during his vacation, our small company's CEO decided to move into a more relaxed role in the company. The president would take over much of her responsibilities, but would still remain CEO. The president of the company is a jerk, he's the kind of guy that's nice enough to get along with, but feels he's better than everyone because he has money and power. Well, my company never had a reserved spot for CEO parking or any other upper management, as the CEO didn't feel it was necessary for her and everyone else to have their own reserved spot. The president, though, felt like he needed a spot to park his new car. I think it was a Bentley. He sent out an email, but didn't get around to putting up any official signage. The spot he had chosen was in the spot the mentioned coworker above normally parked. When my coworker arrived to work yesterday from his vacation, he parked in his normal spot and went to work. About an hour later, the president shows up and makes a big scene about somebody parking in his spot and demanded it be moved or towed. My coworker worker did move his car. Today, though, he got back at the president. He parked in the president's spot again because he's also petty. And the same thing happened. Only this time, the president didn't waste any time calling a tow truck. While waiting, he decided to park his Bentley in one of the handicapped parking spots the company has. Nobody used them at the time. Also around this time, the CEO swung by for a visit. She's older and probably handicapped but didn't have the proper sticker for it on the car she drove. The tow truck showed up to remove the improperly parked car that belonged to the co-worker and instead impounded the CEO's car and the President's for illegally parking in a handicapped spot. Watching the smug look on the president's face fade to horror when he thought he got the best of my coworker worker was 100% enjoyment to me. I've yet to hear what's becoming of the coworker, and the rest of the story will be updated once I learn the rest of what's happened. So basically, this president deserves the words, congratulations, you played yourself. I'm not gonna lie though, this makes you think about, I have a relative I sometimes visit, and they have one of those handicapped placards. The times I've gone out with them and they're driving, and they just pull in right in front of the front door of the store, every time I forget I'm like, oh my god, you can't do this, this is illegal. And then I realize, oh yeah, they got a placard. It's like life-changing, it's like VIP access to any store you want, granted there being a handicap spot open. The trade-off though is they have to have a disability to get it. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another revenge story that was crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video, or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.